0: Anyway, that's enough shout outs, isn't it? Um, Because we're getting on to a little section of our service where we have a preach. Um, You'll be pleased to know it's not me doing the preach. I am purely throwing the ball up for two of our amazing leaders, um, Abby and Ella, to be able to smash it out of the park. Um, But for those guys that are, um, maybe you're here for the first time, uh, we're in a series at the moment looking through the Lord's Prayer. Um, And we're going through the Lord's Prayer, not because we want to learn how to pray more, but because we want to see what is it that Jesus is saying to us that is important that we should take note of. What are the priorities that Jesus is pointing out to us that we should be uh, either praying about or living out in our lives? And this very evening is a very apt topic, and that is give us today our daily bread. We're talking about the provision of God. And I don't know about you, but this is apt because... The cost of living right now, through the roof. We're struggling, aren't we? Like Inflation hitting almost 10% at the moment. More and more people going to food banks. I was filling up my car with petrol the other day. I swear I just tapped the, the handle and it was 20 pounds. Just one little tap, 20 pounds. We're really struggling. But the amazing thing about god is that he is a god of provision he's a god who cares and we're going to learn more about that this evening um as Dave was mentioned we've got two people coming up to speak um abby do you want to come up first um abby is yeah give her a big round of applause come on abby i'll give you a little one of these as well abby it's over to you
1: thank you so much matt hello church how are we doing was it just me or was the temperature like rising quite rapidly through through worship? I'm yeah. Mm. Um yeah, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Abby. Um I have I worked out, I've actually been around this church for about half of my life. So that has been amazing to journey with some of you for that time. And in particular, we're in a theme of shouting out. So I'm going to shout out the Muller's crew. I actually have the privilege of living in a community house. And some of them have come out tonight uh, to support me. I mean, many of them come to the church anyway, but what can I say? Um, What else can I let you know about myself? I work for a community interest company, which um, delivers services to youth and children across bristol and the neighboring counties so i yeah i get to do exciting things like manage an adventure playground in hartcliffe and deliver on some mentoring services um, in south Gloucestershire. Um, and alongside that as my paid profession i have the utter privilege of serving on um, the devotion youth team another shout out so yeah i yeah, I am going to use this as a, an opportunity for a shameless plug. If any of you feel like you might have a heart to see young people um, come to know Jesus and, and follow Jesus, please do get in touch. I think it, we are genuinely in a place where the, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the work is a few. So, yeah, please do come forward. We would love, love, love to have you on, on board serving our young people in this, this church, in this city. So, enough about me. Um, I'm going to kick us off this evening highlighting some miracles of provision um, throughout the Bible. We're just going to take three um, and and that is examples of God supernaturally providing for his people through the Bible. So we're going to dive straight in and we're going to start in Exodus 16 and what's going on here is the Israelites um, have been delivered from slavery in Egypt um, and they're now wandering in the wilderness um, and they're getting a little bit desperate, they're getting hungry, and they're getting to this point where they're starting to grumble, and they're starting to think, actually, perhaps my life was better under slavery, because at least we had something to eat. Um, And they take this grumbling to, um, to Moses, and Moses takes this grumbling to God, and actually, rather than Rebuke his people or try to discipline them. Um, God responds with grace and mercy and, uh, and goes to provide for his people. And, and many of you might um, know of this miracle, this idea of manna from heaven. Um, in, in Exodus 16, verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Um, So it's not only bread from heaven, there was also meat, there was quail kind of scurrying around, fancy, hey? And actually this bread, it wasn't just kind of plain dry bread, it actually says later on in the passage that it tasted like honey. And I love this miracle because it's such a a relational um, act of provision for God, from God. he, He really wanted the Israelites to come back to him day in, day out. And, and trust him just for what they needed for that day. In fact, if they collected too much, then the next day they would, they would go back to their store and they would find that, that the manor had gone moldy. And actually, um, as Matt was speaking about the, the line from the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. I think so often we maybe see that as just like, oh, God, would you meet all my needs for today? But actually for the Israelites, it was, it was literally meeting their daily hunger needs. And God was able to do that day in, day out for years. Um, We're going to jump forward um, to the life story of Elijah as told in 1 Kings. Um, I I love the story of Elijah. um, There's actually countless um, tales of of provision throughout his life. Um, Just before this story that I'm going to focus on, uh, there's this brilliant line that I love. It says, um, God says to Elijah, you will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. I love that idea. Imagine if God directed birds to supply you with food. I I just thought that was brilliant. And actually, just after this, um, there is this uh, example of God again meeting um, the needs of his people in a time of of great need. So we're going to read through um, 1 Kings 17, verse 7 to to 16. And it says this. "Um, Some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zeraphath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called. And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Very polite. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. So this is how kind of dire it had got for for this widow. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something, for this is what the Lord this daily provision from God and it wasn't just for, um, for the prophet, for Elijah, actually the, the provision, God's abundance spilled out beyond that to the, to the widow and her family. Um, and this, um, this story just precedes, um, another miracle, uh, a miracle of healing, uh, where the widow's son actually dies and, um, Elijah prays and he, he is restored to life. So this, yeah, this miracle of provision, God providing for the needs of his people then kind of precedes this miracle of healing truly is a whistle-stop tour we're going to dive straight into the New Testament now and um, again the life of Jesus is riddled with um, miracles of provision you may well know um, the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding um, the feeding of the 5,000 um, but there's this brilliant um, little miracle in Matthew 17 um, which I love um, and it, this one isn 't about providing um, food needs it 's actually provide, for providing f- financially and and the disciples are discussing with Jesus about the temple tax and and as christians or as, as jesus followers should they uh, do they have duty to um, pay this temple tax and um, and rather than just answer their question jesus actually um, is able to provide the tax that they need to pay. And in Matthew 17, verse 11, it says, "'Go to the lake and throw out your line. "'Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, "'and you will find a four drachma coin. "'Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours.'" Brilliant. Not not just here's some in my pocket or under a stone, actually, let's go fishing, a a common theme in in the life of Jesus, and and out of a fish's mouth, there's what you need um, to to cover your tax and mine. Um, And I think uh, what what I really wanted to do this evening, rather than just highlight one miracle of provision in the Bible, is actually um, unpack a few for you because I think it it speaks through the narrative of the Bible of, of God's character. Um, Actually, when we see God repeatedly providing for his people, it helps us to trust that his character is generous. His generosity is evidenced by the consistency of him providing for his people. Um, And I was thinking um, this through, like, what sort of example? And and actually, if you had a friend who um, one time gave you a gift, you would think that was really, really kind. Um, But actually, if you had a friend who year in, year out remembered your birthday... Um, despite the fact that you didn't remember their birthday and perhaps um, maybe even forgot to uh, respond to their messages, anyone who knows me knows that, I may be guilty if that's So sorry, um, but actually that friend you would think that's, that's in their character, they are a generous person, they um, remember me year in, year out and they, um, they want to bless me with that thing and I think that's what um, What we see of God throughout the biblical narrative is that he is consistently generous. He is consistently able to provide for his people. Um, So I'm just going to land here with this verse from Matthew um, 7, which says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And um, Ella's going to pick it up from here and, um, and help us to think through what that might look like um, kind of maybe practically in our life to trust the, um, the supernatural provision of God.
2: Thanks, Abby. I absolutely... <laughs> absolutely love what she's just done there in um, pulling out God's character from stories of the Bible. If you want to know what God is like... Get your nose stuck in the nearest Bible at your earliest convenience and just tuck in. It's, it's how we know what God is like. So those are stories from the Bible that tell us about what God's like and, and about his provision. And I've been fortunate enough to experience his provision in my own life too. So um, I worked for a couple of years for a charity in America called YWAM. Um, it's all over the world, but I worked in America. And um, I had lots of opportunities while I was there. And one of the things that I was able to do was... Go to this conference i heard about this amazing conference that was gathering tens of thousands of people together and inspiring them and encouraging them to to go out into every part of the world and tell people about jesus and when i heard about it i was like i'm i think god's telling me to go to that so i started fundraising to try and get there because i had to fly to get there and um part of this charity uh my job was to um to lead outreach teams so i had to fundraise one thousand dollars to for my outreach to the middle east and then once I'd done that, then I had to get $500 together to go to this conference um, for like food and accommodation and flights and everything. And there are people in this room actually who donated to me during that time. So I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who did. So I was like fundraising and selling cakes and doing car washes and saving money. And my lovely friend Bruno donated flight vouchers to me. And, um, and I ended up with like a grand. So I was like, it's amazing. I'm only 500 pounds, $500 short. And this, uh, this event called The Send um, had a fundraising night because all these people were coming from all over the world they were like we don't want to charge them for tickets when they arrive so let's let's pay for the whole thing in advance they had this fundraising night and I went along um, to show my support and whilst I was there I felt like God asked me to donate $200 to the send to which I replied no, <laughs> not doing that um, and and God was like no, go on Ella if, if you don't donate this money the send won't happen and you'll have nothing to go to and I was like no, thanks. And I went home to bed. Um, and for three days, I woke up every morning like, oh, crap, I need to give that money. <laughs> and, um, and I just was like, no, it doesn't make sense. I need to get to the end, So I need to keep the money and save it. Anyway, by day three, I was feeling a bit guilty about this. Um, so I opened up the Bible and I was reading through Luke and I got to that great passage in Luke six thirty-eight, where it says, um, give and you'll receive, you'll be given much pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it will spill into your lap. The way that you give to others is the way that God will give to you. And I was like, okay, Lord, that's incredibly unsubtle message received. So I, um, so I donated $200 very reluctantly that I should have given. Well, not reluctantly by this point, but the money that I should have given Um, three days ago, and then my lovely friend Gabe came over to me about two hours later, and he was like, oh, hey, Ella, I was fundraising to go to the send as well, Um, but I realized I'm not going to make it, and I asked God what to do, and he just said, he just said, I should give you um, the money that I've got together, so here's $700. It's literally everything I needed to get there, Um, and it was, so I got there, and it was amazing, and God did a lot, but I was so encouraged. I was like, this is incredible. I don't know why Christians haven't realized this. If we're poor, then it's amazing. We're so encouraged. We should all be poor so that we always have to rely on God for our provision. I was like, we should tell people this. So I was telling my friend this plan I had. I was like, I'm just going to be poor forever. I'm going to go back to Bristol and get a really low paying job and I'll always rely on God. And it will be amazing because he'll always come through and I'll get really encouraged. And she's much wiser than me and more mature. And she said, Ella, what if God wants you to have a well paying job? And the joke's on her because he clearly doesn't. But she said, it was, it was a good point. She said, what about staying radically dependent on God when, even when your immediate physical needs are met because you have an income? Can you do that, Ella? And I was like, I don't think so. I would have no idea how to do that. But I've been pondering that question ever since. What does it mean to live in radical dependence on God's provision when your immediate physical needs are met? And the first thing I'll say is, it's harder than being poor, I think. Um, poverty is also difficult, but like, it's harder than I thought it would be. Um, but I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, and I've come up with two possible answers. Firstly, we've got this radically generous God. So that means that we should be radically generous people. Radically generous Elo, radically generous Matt, whatever. I, don't, I feel like lots of people might know someone where they've got like that wealthy friend who whatever trouble they get into, their parents can always bail them out of it because they've got the finances. We're kind of a bit like that. We've got this God who has the cattle of a thousand hillsides, as one of the Psalms says. He's got all of this provision. I wonder, does your bank account look like you've got that generous dad backing you up um, and like covering your finances? If someone looked through your bank statement, would they say, gosh, this person's like really wise with their money, but they're also really generous? I wonder. Um... Does it, yeah, would your bank account look like you've got a wealthy father backing you up when things, when you don't have enough money? I don't want to be prescriptive about what generosity looks like. I don't want you to come away and be like, oh, I need to give away this much or like do what these people are doing. But I really think that every Christian needs to sit down regularly, like annually, and think, okay, God, what do you want me to do with my money right now? Think and take time to pray and get wisdom from other people. What do you want my financial situation to look like? Please take the time to do that because it will change everything. Um, every time that Jesus gave of himself, it was sacrificial. When he died on a cross, he gave the very highest thing, like the highest value thing he had to give, the highest value thing that anyone's ever had, he gave. Is your giving to church sacrificial? Is your giving to charity, to the needy, to like the oppressed, to all of, you know, the people around you? Is it sacrificial? Um, is it sacrificial? Do you, is it it like the excess at the end of the month? Or would you be willing to sacrifice to kind of cut back on your own stuff? I'm not saying you've got to. I'm saying think about it. Do you treat money like it's yours? Like, okay, God, I'll give you my 10% or like if I'm generous, my 12% or something. Or do you think, God, this is your money that I'm stewarding. What would you have me do with it? John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism, and he was around in 1700s, hence why he looks like that. Um, He... He worked out, I need about £44 a year. Obviously, it was the £1,700, so that's why he needs just £44. Quid. He's like, I need £44 a year to live on and to like get, cover my travel and like housing needs. That's what I'll do. Even when his income was over £1,000 a year, he still maintained the £44 a year. He gave the rest of it away. Over his lifetime, he gave away 75% of his money. That's massive. And yeah, he, he still lived off that initial income. There's a prominent Christian leader who I was in a seminar with, and he said, like, don't spread this. So I'm not going to say his name, but I think probably a few people in the room would know of him. Him and his family pray every year and say, God, how much would you like us to give away? And normally they're, they're looking for a percentage. They're like, oh, God says 20%. He says 23% or something. One year they were praying, and God said
1: a million dollars.
2: And they were like, what? Our income is like 30 grand. Um, and they prayed, and, and they were like, we really feel like God's asking us to give away a million dollars. So they were like, we don't have that. So God said, I want you to ask me for the money to give away. And at the end of the year, they'd given away a million dollars and their income was still only 30 grand. So there's this weird dynamic where God's incredibly generous and our response should also be incredibly generous. So the first thing, generous God, generous Christians. That's, that's I think, how we can live um, in response to like having a God of provision when our financial needs are immediately met. But the second thing... I think, would be to not, like, to acknowledge that although lots of our physical and financial needs are met, like, even if you're poor in the UK, it's really hard to starve to death. Universal credit is a flawed system, but it's there. The NHS is there. Food banks are there. So I don't, it's a nuanced and pastoral conversation that, unfortunately, we don't have time to go into tonight. So if if you've literally struggled for food or for accommodation or, like, the threat of homelessness, then I, I don't have time to talk about that, in the way that it deserves at the moment i just want to speak to people for whom it would be the exception and not the norm to need miraculous provision of like food or housing or something to those people myself included we need to acknowledge that our needs are so much greater than financial like let's not patronize let's not just think that we're like we've got it all sorted just because we've got our bills paid or whatever we are broken and poor people in spite of our incomes there is a mental health crisis that is crippling this country we didn't know how to do relationships we can't do conflict at work Um, we need so much provision from God and it's ignorant to assume anything otherwise really so maybe you need God's miraculous provision of patience for difficult people that you work with maybe you need his provision of like endurance to faithfully continue, like looking after elderly parents or raising challenging children or having difficult neighbors, or maybe it's literally just getting up in the morning is really tough. That's a reality for a lot of us. And, um, and maybe you literally need God to step in miraculously and provide for, for those situations. Maybe you need God to give you love for difficult, awkward people that you are related to or that you live with or have in your small group like I don't want to devalue the word miracle but it has sometimes felt like the actual provision and intervention of God that has stopped me from murdering a family member and, or like trying not to like keep fighting when I'm like I know I'm right and you're wrong but you know like when God steps in you're like okay you're providing for me here Pete Gregg has this brilliant mnemonic to help us pray, and it's P-R-A-Y. So it's like P is for pause, R is for rejoice, A is for ask, and Y is for yield. Do you yield to God? Do you pray, God help me, I need the grace to deal with the situation and then walk on? Or do you sit there and yield, submit to the Holy Spirit, and actually receive what he's giving you in that moment before you go on and tackle the day? My great personal friend, Denzel Washington... Um, Every night before he goes to bed, he puts his slippers really far under the bed. So that in the morning, he says, I have to wake up and get on my knees to reach my slippers. And while I'm on my knees, I thank God for the day and I ask him for the provision to get through. I ask him for everything I need because I can't get through the day without what the Holy Spirit is providing. I think he's absolutely right. We are Christians and it's arrogant to assume that we can do our lives without Christ. So let's pray for the things that we need. The the daily bread, the stuff I need is the fruit of the Holy Spirit to exhibit a Christ-like lifestyle or to simply just walk like Jesus did. So two things would be, be radically generous and acknowledge how great our need is beyond our immediate finances. Um, I'm going to hand over to Matt now, but thank you so much for listening to Abby and I. Um, Yeah, lots of questions that I've thrown out there. I encourage you to keep mulling them over and Um, asking your pals like what their response would be to those things and uh, yeah just keep wrestling with this stuff
0: amazing thank you Ella. we're gonna have a time now to be able to respond to this Um, and we're told by Jesus to pray that really simple prayer give us today our daily bread God wants to provide for us. As you've heard from Abby, God's character is generous. We've seen it, we've heard it throughout the, the history of the Bible and the early church. We hear it even in Ella's stories now that God wants to provide for us. God's character is generous. But do we ask? When we're struggling, when we're looking for that job and we're crying out, I need a job, God. <laughs> when we have our car breaks down and we're, we're looking, we have not enough money in the bank. Do we go to God and say, God, I know you're a God who provides. When we're struggling to put food on the plate, is our go-to place God? But even beyond that, do we trust God. Do we trust that God is someone who wants to provide for us? Right now, we're going to have a a time to respond to that. And so if the worship guys want to come on up. And so if that is you right now, and you are someone who is internally crying out for, for God to provide or to someone to provide for them, if there's something that you're missing or lacking... The amazing thing is, when God says, when Jesus says, Give us today our daily bread, there's not even a please there. Isn't that strange? Because it's just given that it's the nature of God that He wants to do this for us. If you're someone who is struggling, whether that's a job, whether that's money, whether that's um, something spiritual, Whether even it's just, God, I don't know if I trust you to pray this prayer. I don't even think you are going to provide for me. We'd love to pray for you. Actually, I'm going to pray for us now. So if that is you, um, maybe you just want to pop your hand up. And it doesn't have to be a massive kind of wave or anything like that. It can just be a little one of those. But... I'd love to pray for you now. So Father God, I thank you that you are a generous God. I thank you that throughout the whole of the Bible, we see you as a God who provides in times of need. And I pray now for the people here that are struggling, whether that is financially or with a job or they're looking for provision, they're crying out, But I pray now that you would meet their needs. We ask that be miraculous provision for people now. We pray again, God, give us today our daily bread. And God help us to pray that daily. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And as always here at Woodies, we love to be able to pray for people. And so there is going to be a team of people who are just going to be um, dotted down here. Um, If there is something throughout this talk that has kind of provoked you that you just want to pray with someone, that will be an amazing space for you to be able to do that. Um, Equally, if there's anything physical um, that you need prayer for, whether that's um, something that's kind of not quite right with your body or anything like that, we'd love to pray for that too. So we're going to go back into worship now. And now is the time to respond.